This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Tuesday, it's the 24th of October 2023. Coming up, a national disgrace and your feedback. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. And before you say anything, Sean Priest, we are not the national disgrace for <laughs> oh, once. You, ru- you ruined my joke. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, no, a, not us. What an intro. Yeah, do you know, I, I don't know, I was appalled by this. So, you know, in Blind World, right, you've got the endless stories, it would feel, uh, about guide dog refusals. Yes. Every day, somewhere, a guide dog has refused entry. It feels like almost every 10 minutes. There should be in a poster somewhere. Every 10 minutes, a guide dog is told, no. No, you're not allowed. You're I'm a bad boy. Yeah, okay. Yes, okay. So what's the particular story? Well, in the wider disability community, there's a bigger problem uh, or arguably similar problem, uh, which is ongoing, and that is wheelchairs being damaged by airlines. Oh, yes. Yes. Happens all the time. Happens all the time, right? So when it happens, we hear about it, usually through social media. People who are affected will be posting about their experiences. And frankly, you know what? It is an absolute disgrace. And it isn't a disgrace that it even happens. I mean, something like a wheelchair. I mean, look, you don't have... Honestly. What do you not know about a wheelchair that would make you think it's okay to just chuck it, I guess, just chuck it into an airplane hold or, you know, just treat it with such lack of care. Lack of care, disrespect, disregard. I mean, what what is it? I mean, to be honest, I I thought wheelchairs were really quite robust as well, right? So, I mean, it's not like it's uh, 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 just slightly mishandled. To get damaged as they do, that's some rough treatment that they're getting. And I honestly, like you, I have no idea how this keeps happening. It's it's incredible. Well, you would think that it would stop when it gets to people who are, let's just say, high up in government, say in Canada, who perhaps in their role is perhaps you know some someone like for example um, someone who's like a chief accessibility officer for the government of Canada. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, someone like Stephanie Cadieu, who uses a wheelchair, you wouldn't think that would happen to her, right? But yeah. it happened to her. Well, of course happened it happened to her at the weekend. She put it up on social media and she, she wrote in her tweet, I am furious. And look, that is going to be the absolute limit or, or the, the, the least she's going to feel is fury. Um, I would be... I don't know how I'd feel about it, but I know how disgusted I'd be. I just think it is so appalling the way that these airlines treat the devices that we use as as disabled people and also treat us. Because there's no regard at all for us in this conversation. None at all. No regard. If you can treat a wheelchair like that, you just have no respect at all for the person. The person themselves. No, we've seen people have to crawl off the plane yeah that's before. right i mean how uh, uh, yeah i don't know i just don't know how you can treat a human being like that being disabled can be degrading enough 
in many circumstances. There's lots of things we have to do, lots of things, lots of conversations we have. Sometimes, in fact, in most cases, especially in my experience as a blind guy, I've had questions asked of me that would never be asked to anybody else nope. without some kind of lawsuit following, right? Yeah. You know, you wouldn't say to a woman, for example, hey, how do you have sex? But I yes. get that all the time. I get people asking me this question. I know women who who are blind who get asked this question all the time as well. It's almost like they disconnect the disability and the person. They did actually disconnect the two, and they only see you as the disability, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, well, you're, you're not a human being anymore, are you? You're, no. You're just a disability. Anyway, I brought it up because I just, <sighs> I, you know, I call it national disgrace. It is a national disgrace. I mean, obviously it's bad if it happens to anybody. Um, it just seems almost laughable that it would happen to the chief accessibility officer in Canada, Stephanie Cadieux, who is a wonderful person. We've met her and, you know, she's been on our show a number of times. She's a wonderful person. Her role is to make Canada more accessible. That's her role and her job. She's trying to do this and she is facing this kind of hassle in her everyday life as well. Now, you can say, well, maybe that's not a bad thing because then she sees what it's like. But she knows because she's in a wheelchair. She knows what it's like to be disabled. She knows because she is. So she well, knows maybe- the challenges already. But at the same time, it is just ridiculous that this even happens. And I just hope, I, I kind of hope, if, if nothing else, that perhaps this particular example might get a bit more national news coverage, might make some people wake up to this. But then how do you solve this? You know, this is this is the problem. How well, do you actually easy. tackle this? You, you train your handlers to do a better job. I mean, it's like you said, it's so obvious. It's a wheelchair. I mean, quite frankly, they should be more careful with all the luggage. I mean, the, you can make the same argument for prams and pushchairs, which are often damaged in the mm-hmm. same way. But the, the, the how vital that piece of equipment is for someone should give it an elevated status if you want. And yeah. I think you're right, talking of elevated status, like, you know, maybe the, the silver lining in this is that actually they may pay more notice to what she has to say rather than, you know, us on the streets. Who knows? Mm. I yeah, hope which so. is Which is a shame in a way. It's a shame as well. I know, it? but it's, it's the way the world works. And of course it is. That. That's yeah. right. And we know what makes news. And, you know, at the end of the day, this could be a, an opportunity. And, and I don't know what Stephanie will do with this. It's entirely up to her because, look, this was her in her personal capacity, right? Not as a in her role. I, I bring up her role because of the, the nature of her job. There's just such a, an irony with all of this. But I still feel that perhaps there's, there's an opportunity here for, for, for a conversation to, be, to begin on this. It's an absolute mm-hmm. disgrace. I mean, I must say, I have you know, not had any major experience of this with, because obviously with a, a white cane, you know, it's usually taken through security with you and then you hand it to the the person. The, the funniest thing I find is when people find out it can fold up. I've had so many weird experiences where when they learn it can fold, that's when they get really interested in making sure it isn't some kind of device. There's nothing you know, in it like a transformer. There. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. It could be anything. And I was, I was seriously considering going to Amsterdam with my WeWalk smart cane. And I thought to myself, you know, the only thing I'm thinking here is if this thing, because it's got a horn in it, right? And because it's got the horn, which goes, ow, ow, you know, it would be some ridiculous noise like that. If, if I was to do that in, by accident and security, I don't think I'd survive. No, probably not the best idea. But it doesn't fold up, does it, the Wii Walk? It does, does yeah, it? yeah, it folds oh, it up. Does. Yeah. Oh, it does. Because it's really, all it is is the handle. The of Wii Walk itself is. is the handle. It's actually a regular cane. That's right. That is the rest of it. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, I decided against it. <laughs> I just thought maybe maybe that's just going to get too many questions. Well, I remember the first time taking a rail display through airport security, and you know, a lot of I can hear a lot of blind people, or, or almost imagine a lot of blind people right now nodding and agreement, going, "Yeah, yes. been there." Uh, it's it's a What's weird experience. Mysterious piece of equipment you're bringing. Can you in? turn it on for me? And then all the pins go, and they're like, "What is that?" <laughs> I know. I mean, it is though, isn't it? I mean, you're you're right. If I lost my white stick, I'd be lost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. quite literally. But I would be lost. I mean, it's slightly different than that. I could get a replacement, kind of that would. You could kind get of figure it out, you know. But but a wheelchair, golfing I'm sorry, umbrella, it is, a, it is a different <laughs> ball game. You know, it is absolutely. And that's why that's why. And I didn't misspeak when I said it's a bit it's a bigger issue. I think it is a bigger issue because this is ultimately. It's not to diminish anyone who's you know being refused entry with a guide dog. I don't mean it that way. But this is literally taking the legs from beneath you. That yeah. is literally what is happening here. That person yeah. may not be able to function at this point, if you do this. How, do, how does that person get home? They can't just come back tomorrow for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah it, it needs to be discussed. So, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about it here on AMI in, in the coming days, and, you know, I'm sure we'll all be talking about it on the shows, but I just um, I just wanted to bring it up today because I thought it was such a, a shocking story. Anyway, more shocking than that. Yes. If, uh, that this can get any more shocking today. I feel like we're getting close to Halloween. We've got all the shocking stories today. Um, You're a but- shock jock. I am today. I am a shock job. Breaking, uh, breaking news. Apparently, there's going to be new Macs out at the oh, end of the week. No. Yes. Oh, new he, Macs. New he, Macs. Uh, new Mac day. Yay. Yeah. Okay, calm down. Remember what? when you got all excited about the new iPads that were going to drop? Oh, and yeah. nothing happened. Stop the, stop the applause. Yeah, right. So I know you're going to be so excited. Why do you want a new Mac for the first thing? Why? Well, look. Mark Gurman, who is the source on all of this, he's... Uh, Everything uh, Apple, uh, yes. Absolutely. He uh, does the Power On newsletter for Bloomberg, and that is where he uh, provides all of this insight and knowledge that he has. And there's no knowledge, really, other than this This is information he's getting. Could be true, might not be true. Who knows, right? You never know until you get that, that announcement. He's I don't, pretty I mean, good. He, he's he pretty is pretty good. accurate normally, yeah. I will say there's talk of an event. I don't think there'll be an event. I think it's... Personally, I think it's more likely to be a drop of updated features because the talk is there'll be new Macs. The iMac 24-inch is still running the base level M1 and has never been updated since it came out. It was one of the first to come out with the uh, the new silicon chips. Mm-hmm. So there's talk that that may be due for an upgrade to M2. I think that Not makes sense. Not worth an event. Not worth an event. No, I'll definitely. just drop. Yes. Now, unless there's something different about it, but I don't no. imagine there will be. Um, You're fascinated talk- with the iMac, aren't you? I, you know, I always have been. I love the iMac because I think it's just the perfect all-in-one. It really is the perfect it's all-in-one. It's a monitor. Uh, Why do you care? It's not about the monitor. I don't care about the yeah, monitor. Yeah, but that's I like what the iMac is. The iMac is a monitor. Well, it has a monitor. No, it is a monitor. It's not, it's not is a monitor. It's a monitor with a computer inside it. Yes. But you understand main... how a Mac works, right? It's yes, not just I a do, screen that yes, just magically yes, do, draws Steve pictures on itself. Yeah, no, no, no. The point <laughs> being, it's form factor it is built into a monitor that is its unique selling point also it's, it's a, a monitor with a computer about? no it isn't no it isn't you're not what are you talking all... about what, i'm and, talking what, about are what you the saying a mac and imac and a laptop are different yes i am Why? exactly saying that because it's a monitor with a computer bolted onto the back of it that's it that's its selling what's a laptop point. a laptop is a computer with a keyboard on it 
And, and no monitor? Did they just forget that? Well, it's got part? a screen have you, have you on it. those broken ones it's, again? It's got a screen <laughs> on it, but that's not his main selling point. The main selling point of a laptop is his portability. The main selling point of an iMac Bubbish. is the screen. What are you talking? Feedback at doubletaponair.com. <laughs> what do you think? You're talking nonsense. Look, so the iMac 24 is the one that's probably likely to be uh, 24? Updated. Why is it called 24? Because it's 24-inch. Oh, is it? Oh, like a monitor. Okay, carry on. Yeah. Um... There's talk of a 32-inch iMac Pro, but that is now slated for possibly late 2024. So, yeah, not going to happen interested. this year. Not bothered. Well, look, I'll be honest. If no they cares. bought an iMac Pro, yeah, I don't care about the 32-inch screen, but I do care about the fact that it's all in one. <gasps> yes, please. All in- yeah, what are you talking about? What are you talking less about? Less cables, it's, less stuff. Just, um, you know, yeah, more th- I've oh, got yeah, monitors less, and Less stuff. cables, just a big 32-inch screen <laughs> on your desk. But hey, it's two less cables. What are you talking about? <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you know what? If I, if I could live entirely without a monitor, I'd be with you on this. I'd just use the, the Mac with, you know, the little HDMI dummy. But yes. the problem is that I always need a monitor for something. At some no, point, I'm going to I'm need a monitor you. for something. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, never... I've got a monitor in front of me. I can't... It's just blurry shapes, and I can barely see it. But I still got one in front of me, right? I, don't, I, I, I know, I know, but uh-huh. I, I don't, I'm not yeah, talking uh-huh, about yeah. the... I'm not talking about the reasons you and I have talked about before, because we've been through this journey of, you know, if, you, if we were to go back in time and look through our conversations and see where we began talking about stuff. So we, the days when I would come in and say to you, hey, Sean, I've just bought a 49-inch ultra-wide monitor. And you're like, yes. wow, let's yes. buy two of them. It'll be amazing. <laughs> oh, look at that 55-inch Sony Odyssey Arc. Oh, yes. no, no, Sony, uh, Samsung Odyssey <laughs> yeah, yeah, Arc. Yeah. You know, wow, that'd be so cool for my big driving game. And how we've gone from that to basically an HDMI dummy in the back of a, a well, laptop. You know, yes, but, that's rather I, I, depressing. Thanks. It is a bit, but you know that's <laughs> the true. reality of it. But yes. the truth is, it's not about the monitor. For me, is not about that. You know, I think about my studio display here, which is arguably the stupidest thing I've ever bought. Totally agree. It's I, I love how it works. I mean, I can use this thing if I plug in, say, a Surface Pro. It's not great with Windows, but you can Surface plug in a Surface Pro too, or or another laptop. It'll behave. Um, uh, if obviously it's, it's built for Mac, right? So you plug a MacBook into it, it's going to charge it. You can use the camera what that's built in there much better for Teams calls. What is he um, talking about? Center listeners? stage. Listen you've got better it. sound. You've Listen. got great microphones. What's not to like? What's not to like is the massive monitor and price tag that comes along with you. Well, look, I got wanting... I got on a very good deal. It was still trade-ins. expensive, even on a good uh, deal. I know, I know. But even so, I still got a good deal on it. So you that's bought... really the only reason I bought it, to be honest. You bought it because it's got a webcam and speakers bought in, uh, built in. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And great you speakers. Mo- you bought a monitor for the webcam and speakers. So how smart would it be to just chuck a computer in there as well? And then it's all in one. Genius. <laughs> it's called an iMac. Okay. Stick okay. the Pro moniker on it and suddenly I'm off to the races and buying. Suddenly I'm off to the store with everything I own under my arm saying, trade all this rubbish in. <laughs> And give I want me this a bigger bag. screen. I want a bigger uh, screen. No, I don't okay. care about the screen, but I do care about. I'd lo- I then would you love. You don't an care iMac about Pro. the iMac. <sighs> there, I've said it. Right, I put you in your place. Let's move on. I think I'm still. What, what would you? How would you call this? Would you call it denial? Can we call it screen denial? Is that where I am? Uh, I think I'm still in screen. Do you, I think you are too. I think we're both in screen. Oh denial. no, I am. Yeah, yeah. I we still, both sit with a screen in front of us, but we don't we know do. why. And I still sort of panic. 
because I can still see see if it's on or off. Because I yeah, can see yeah. that it's lit up. And if it's not lit up, I'm sort of, okay, what's wrong? I mean, I can't use it for anything, I don't know, usable, I suppose, other than see it's on. I don't know what that is. I can't let go. Today, I nearly put my hand through a mirror. Because oh, I, I, so in, in the bedroom, we've got these mirrored here. wardrobes, right? And I was convinced the door was open. So I walked in and I, and I looked at the wardrobe and I saw the shelf where I put the clothes and I put my hand out to put something up on the shelf. Yes. Bang, right into the mirror wardrobe. And at that point, the mirrored wardrobe, uh, the mirror showed up. And I thought, uh, wow. Did you have your VR helmet on? Was that the problem? <laughs> I don't need it. I do that all the time. <laughs> whatever you think there is there visually. Yeah, you see yeah, whatever yeah. you think and yet absolutely wrong. You see what wrong. you think is there. How yeah. we, and it's, we, it's so stark these days. I find it freaky, actually. Yeah. So I kind of, I, I, I always go back to that one, I think it was a few weeks or maybe a few months ago. I was telling you about the, exactly like you were saying, I'm using the computer. I had plugged in a monitor. I'm using the computer with the monitor on. And it occurred to me about an hour in, the computer I was looking at was not the computer connected to that monitor. I had a MacBook yeah. I was working on, and there was a PC connected to the monitor. <laughs> and I was looking at the PC thinking I was using the MacBook. I was convincing myself, I had convinced myself I was looking at the right thing. In my head, I could see the cursor moving. I could see things around. It's weird, mm. isn't it? And it gets to that it point is. where your trust in your vision starts to get really worrying because you, you're convinced you're seeing things. Yeah, the camera always lies. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, but it's absolutely true. It's an absolute thing that happens. I've done it many times myself. Yeah. I think that's why we're still in screen denial because I think we, we kind of feel we need it. But actually, if you took it away, and every single time I do this, every time I'm using a laptop, and I don't have any choice with a laptop, even if I wanted to try and see it, I can't. Um, you know, whenever I'm whenever I'm using a laptop, it's the only time I actually feel very comfortable with a computer. Because yeah, that's I, true. Yeah, you know what I mean, because you, you can't see it. So you just and, and I just turn the screen off. There's no point. Just if it's Jaws or NVDA or Screen Cut or whatever. I've got it closed half the time. Well, that's right. You could I've do just that got as well. The keyboard yeah. with a pair of USB speakers in the in the house. I just use freaks it like that. people out in offices no end though. I love it because <laughs> when I used to work at the RNIB. People come into the office and they'd be like, "What's, what's Stephen doing? What's he doing over there?" He's like, I don't know. He looks like he's asleep. <laughs> this computer <laughs> lid is closed. He's, he's typing away closed. on a wireless com- keyboard that we don't know if it's connected to anything. Um, do you remember back in the day, did you used to get that when your screen curtain was on, on your phone, and people would come up to you and say, you know your phone's not on, don't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually it is. And of course, if you had an earpiece in, especially like an AirPod or something, and it was they couldn't see it, I know, they would yeah. know what they couldn't. They couldn't understand why I was sitting on a train with a keyboard <laughs> and a phone that seems to be off, and me just typing away on this keyboard. I think they they felt. I sometimes think we don't help ourselves as blind people because oh, they must look at us it. and go, yeah. Yeah, they, they must think to themselves, oh look at him, there he is sitting pretending. there <laughs> pretending to type on his little keyboard. He thinks he's got his computer. Someone's someone's off with that. Someone's ran away with his iMac. <laughs> he's just left with the keyboard, <sighs> and off he goes. Oh, it's so funny. But actually, we're way more ahead of the game than anyone else. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of which, um, sorry, I'm venting today because uh, we weren't, well, we we weren't able to talk much yesterday because we had our, our wonderful uh, interviews, so we didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to talk about all this stuff. 
Uh, over the weekend, I was playing with the Orbit writer. I'm sorry, guys, I can't get this to connect to my phone. I just don't know what is going on. I've tried everything. I've tried resetting everything I can think of. Uh, I'm not resetting you? the phone. I'm just Why not? not going to. No, I'm not doing that. I'm sick of resetting phones. So I've <laughs> given up on that. And I thought, right, enough is enough. I'm going to take the time. I did a firmware update on it. And I have to say there's a cool little um, firmware update. If you have got the Orbit writer and it works, uh, you can upgrade the firmware. Hang on. And Orbit will- writer. Yes, and it will update the. It will allow for being able to do that long press in WhatsApp, so you can record voice messages. Oh, cool! And uh, you use the select key. So when you get to the to the text field, you can hold down the select key, and it will do that double press and hold thing. Um, nice for WhatsApp and for iMessage as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, I just can't get it to connect. So on, on I think on one moment on Saturday night, I managed to get it to connect. But nothing worked. The keys weren't working. Um, couldn't you know, none of the commands seemed to do anything. It didn't seem to be that there were any commands even assigned when I went through all the Braille command list. Did did everything it said? You know, once you're connected, switch the phone off, switch it back on so that it pairs. Tried the different modes. Tried the different modes. There's the screen reader profile. There's the it. USB pro- protocol, which obviously isn't necessary for this. Um, but, you know, I tried everything, and I cannot get it to play. So I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm I do. Gonna, I think I'm going to send it back because I can't, it may be something to do with it. Because I, I think, don't think, as don't we think say in the uh, technical support trade, I think it's picnic. And that's problem in chair, not in computer. There oh, so it's my fault. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. Even though I've done everything humanly yeah. possible to fix this, it's still my fault. Yes, absolutely it is. Thanks. Well, it's nice to get support. Uh, <laughs> you can shove your technical support. Um, no, four hours of that, I had it enough. But uh, ah, yeah, it's so frustrating, it. though, right? So, yeah, so joking aside, you, you do this. So we are talking about the writer, not the reader. Yes. And you connect this through. Which is the, just the keyboard, isn't it? It's just the, yes. it's just the Orbit writer is just the, the Bluetooth keyboard. Very similar to the Hable one. And look, before I know you're all going to start writing in with your ideas, and I really appreciate that. But just to be just so you guys are aware, it's not... Um, this is exclusive to this because I've tried connecting my Focus 40 and my Hable 1. They all connect fine. All other Bluetooth devices connect. I even looked into how to clear the Bluetooth cache because, oh. you know, the, the problem is that, you know, I'm thinking to myself, there's something stuck. I think there's some sort of record of this being connected in the phone and it cannot seem to get rid of it. So because well, it works, when I go into Braille sets, so when you go into Braille, you go into VoiceOver, you go into Braille, and then you go down the list where there's the option to choose the Braille display. It actually says in that, which part is it? There's a bit where it says Braille and then you you double tap on that to choose the Braille display. It will tell you what the display is that's connected. And it says Focus 40 and Orbit Writer because I got it to connect, right? It says those two things in there. The problem is they're not in there. And the Focus 40, I mean, it was eventually paired because I did pair it up but it wasn't originally paired to that phone. That must have been something that came over when I migrated from the 14 Pro to, to the, the 15, 15. Pro. Mm. So it's, it, it remembers it being there. Reset. Yeah, I have to say the iPhone reset is probably the only thing, but it doesn't seem like the greatest solution. Well, I'm sorry. And I think conf- what, since sorry, we're about a nuclear option, and to be honest, it's not a great option when you think about all the setup you have to then go back and no, do. No, right? I agree. I, I, yeah, I absolutely hate doing that. But, yeah, I mean, you can do sections of it. You can, you know, network reset, can't you? I don't know. Does that, that include would... Bluetooth, though? Yeah, it should do. I think so. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it's worth a try. I wasn't sure if it did. Okay, I might try that. Um, 
I'm slightly confused. Does the writer connect through the voiceover settings or does it... I'm thinking of the Hable 1, for example, mm. right? Because this is just for input. There's no Braille output here. It would connect... The Hable 1 connects through the Bluetooth settings yes, rather than through right. the voiceover settings. So does it show up in Bluetooth? Are you sure you need to set it up that way? Have you tried it on a different phone? You uh, I tried it on a, num- a number of phones, actually, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to connect to any of them. Which is, but then I don't know if that's because of, because every single phone has been set up using the same profile, so I don't oh, know if there's an issue there. It's almost like maybe I need to just nuke Grab one an phone. Android phone. Yeah, yeah, I'd even try the Android phone. Yeah, just try it out, and I bet it'll work perfectly on it, <laughs> which would just be typical. Um, uh, I don't know the writer to be honest. I haven't used one, so I have no idea how it. I mean, it's a pretty simple piece of kit, but it has it has got the the profiles in there. Two different, well, three different profiles actually. You've got the screen reader profile. You've got what I don't know what is it the keyboard hid protocol I think is the, what they call it which yeah. is basically what it just sees it as a keyboard yeah um that is what the Hable one has That's right. and then you've got this USB hid so you can connect it to a computer as well and it will just automatically uh, write, I think on like this, there's six different channels you can connect to and on the sixth channel it's for the USB but the other pro- profiles are all set with this screen reader profile. So basically that allows you, and I apologize for getting geeky here and even techy on this show, Ugh. but um, the screen reader profile is the one you would want if you want to be able to control the device, lock, you know, unlock it, wake it up from sleep, that kind of thing. Just what you, you want, want that do. profile. And that's the default. So yeah. once you reset everything, and I've reset this about three or four times, as, as I reset it, that's what is happening. It's, it, it's, it's all set to the right protocol Everything in the manual is adding up with what I'm getting back in terms of feedback from the various settings. You basically run through the menu. You can change the settings and, and change various parts, and it's all reporting the right things. Diagnostic tests are working. Everything seems to be working fine, but I just cannot seem to get it to. And then eventually on Saturday, I got it to wake, I got it to be at least seen by the iPhone. It came up. It said Orbit Writer, and then it came up with a serial number. I thought, brilliant, that's it. So I double tapped on it. It said connected, and then it automatically lost connection again. So I did it again, and this time I switched the phone off almost instantly. Um, switched the phone back on, just lock, unlock, and then it came back up, and that was it. It was connected. And I thought, that's it. I've done it. It's, got, it's working. But none of the keys did anything. And I thought, mm. right, what is going on here? So I don't know. It could be just a malfunctioning device. It could just be an unfortunate thing with this particular one. But I'm just wondering if anybody else has had issues. I know we've had a couple of people on Mastodon who I've been mentioning this to and been talking about this on Mastodon over the weekend, and a lot of people have been coming back and saying, well, you know, I've just started writing this message on my Robert Writer, so mine's is working okay, but here are some things you could try. So I really appreciate that, and, you know, keep that feedback coming. Do but you? I really I love do. it when, the, when people come back to you and say, well, mine's working. Oh, mine's well, fine, good. yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, I don't care. Um, but no, I, I do appreciate the comments, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's good because sometimes, you know, it, it's the manual is helpful to a point, but sometimes just having somebody who's actually using it telling you, hey, this is what I did because I had that problem. Well, you, know, you can find the problem. Sometimes quirks, like you said, sometimes, you know, when you the screen locks and unlocks and sometimes it disconnects, there's, there's other things there. But it's guess- these things that you kind of feel, this is where this technology for me, there's a, there's a chasm between the... Absolutely what I was just going to say. You know what I mean? It's like yes. there's a knowledge missing somewhere, or at least, I, I don't know if it's... It, I, assumed knowledge is often what I think about with Braille displays and Braille technology. There's a lot of assumed knowledge that, you know, you just, you'll just know to do that because that's what you do. But I didn't know you had to unlock and or lock the phone and lock it again as soon as you connect the device. You wouldn't do that with any other Bluetooth device. No, it's some sort of magic that you just need to know. 
you just need to know the fairy dust and, and what you do with the fairy dust and, and where it is. You know, it's in a jar up on top of the thing. I, I don't know. I just find it really, um, really strange. Also, an interesting debate going on. I don't know if you saw the article. Um, I think it was Parkin School for the Blind. I don't know if they blogged this or someone blogged this on their website, but it was a whole article about the um, the state of note takers in 2023. Very interesting article. Oh. I'll post it on social. You should have a read it. Very interesting, just talking about note takers and the fact that there, a lot of them are running this old Android technology. Some of, you know, way back to something, one case, Android 9 is being run on one of well, them. Well, this is, we've talked about this before. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think it, what, it, what it does for me is it's kind of leading me into an interesting um, next level of this debate around Braille displays and note takers. And that perhaps, because a lot of the comments that followed it were basically saying, you know what? A lot of this stuff is going into education. It's going into workplaces. Okay, fine. Although not fine. But, you know, for me as an individual, and this was a few people said this, you know, I would rather have a, a Braille display than a note taker because the display is dependent upon the technology you're connecting it to, which will yes. be much newer than whatever you will have inside that note taker. And I think that's maybe the debate that we need to have in our community about what is going forward. Do we want note takers? Do we need note takers? What's the value of a note taker versus a Braille display and a computer or a phone or a whatever? Well, yeah, but it's all contingent on you having a, another device there, which is an extra cost. It's, it's, uh, uh, does everyone have a smartphone by now? Well, I mean, even, even if you don't have a smartphone, you might have a PC, you might have a computer. I, I don't know, but I think if well, you're in that world, I think you probably will. I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I'm just thinking of the other side, the other argument here of uh, the reason for the existence of note takers. Well, I, I, th this is the bit I'm confused but they're about. they're not I mean, cheap I, I, either. I, That's the thing. No, they're not. Definitely not. And I think, you know, there's a range of them available, but they often tend to come out with older technology inside them, either older hardware, older software. And of course, you don't replace these every year. You might replace these every 20 years, you know, um, in some yeah. cases, because no, they're so true. expensive. You might get one through a government grant or whatever. You might get one through a government scheme and they won't replace it for you. Um, you have to go back and, you know, sort of make your case. You might, in education, you're going to get what you're given. But I think there's, a, there's an interesting um, debate here, I think, about what we should perhaps have. And I must admit, personally, I lean towards a display. And I, I've been thinking about this because I've thought about the note taker. I like the sound of some of these these things, but I don't know if I like the idea of buying something today that is way out of date today that I've now got to live with for another five, ten years because I, until I can save up and buy the next one, you know. And I can see why a lot of these companies are kind of looking at building displays that have got maybe additional functions in them, small additional functions in them. So mm -hmm. maybe not quite note takers. They're displays with a few extras. I mean, like the Focus range, for example, has its scratch pad on there, which is just a very basic note taker you can use with, and I mean literally taking notes, um, yeah. and then save that out to a micro SD card. Okay, that's fine. Um, but that's as far as it goes. And I think that might make more sense. It certainly makes the, the technology live longer. And there's perhaps a smarter way of doing it. And maybe that gives us a, maybe that gives a bit of an insight into her, or this debate we've been having around the longevity of Braille displays, costs and all of that. Maybe the answer is to just focus in on display rather than note taker. And then you can bring, you know, because what you want to do is get to a bigger market. And if you can get to a bigger market, the price comes down. So maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. Anyway, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Yeah, get yeah, in touch. Yeah. Feedback at doubletaponair.com.
Love these conversations. Join in. And, you know, like I've said a million times in this show, we are just putting out our opinions and our thoughts. You're welcome to challenge them, but there is no one true opinion that ever exists on this program. We don't do one true opinion. We do your opinion, my opinion, and we'll come to an agreement or not. That's fine too. So get in touch. one 803 4567 Feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back in a moment. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap. I want to turn to our voicemails and emails because we got this in from Debbie. Hi, Stephen, Sean, and Laura. I'm wondering what everyone uses nowadays for microphone headsets with their computer. I'm very interested in good quality, and it'd be really nice if I could use a Bluetooth or anything that does not require a cable. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Debbie. appreciate that. Well, Hmm. uh, you sent that in, I think, just after we published our episode on that very subject, headsets. (laughs) But the reason I mentioned it, the reason I wanted to play that in was, first off, because you very kindly sent in that voicemail, Debbie, so thank you for that. But um, I wanted to help answer that question by saying, go back to that episode, have a listen. Also, in the show notes, there should now be a full list of all the headsets we talked about and their respective links. So if you want to go off and, and research for yourself and find out more about these headsets, you can. All the notes will be there. So uh, thank you for that, Debbie. I know lots of you have been getting in touch on this topic. We'll come back and revisit this uh, in the coming days. Um, let's talk about uh, iPhone gestures. Andy in Sheffield has been in touch. Hi, Laura. The one and the one and only voice of quality and reason. <laughs> yes. Hi, the other two S's. My name is Hello. Andy Blackburn. I have spoken to you on the Wednesday RNIB event you so kindly do for us. I am an AT trainer from Sheffield, just over the hill from Sean. I wanted to comment on something Barry from the West Midlands spoke about on Saturday's show. The most effective use of gestures is to leave as many alone as possible. The first usable gesture I come across is two finger swipes left. This I set to home and the right one to app switcher. Barry, you are right to make this easier for your clients. I can't remember. It's the curse of knowledge whether I set a four finger swipe for navigating through the apps. I think this is the default. Thank you for bringing this up, Barry. It is such a useful thing for people starting out. On the retro conversations I used to have years ago, possibly with yourselves, I must mention I use double back tap for voiceover and triple tap back for magnifier. If it hasn't already happened, apologies for creating an email storm of people sharing their gestures. Great show, people. <laughs> Love to meet up if you're doing events in the UK. Thank you, Laura. You make it a great show. Ah, yes. And the other two as well make it a special one. Love the show, mm-hmm. guys. You do an amazing job creating content and Sean just keeping awake while Stephen talks about X. <laughs> kind of guards, Andy Blackburn. Does he mean X, the social media platform, or just X as in a variable of absolutely anything? That yes, could I, be I anything. Agree. Yeah, that's, that absolutely <laughs> is right. Yeah, anything at all. Uh, commands and gestures, you're absolutely right. I was trying to think about this after that email we got. What are the spare gestures? There actually isn't that many, I don't think. Um you do, as you said there, Andy, you've got the two-finger swipe left or right, which are currently assigned to nothing. Uh, four-finger swipe up and down, I think, are assigned to nothing as well. So you've got four gestures there that you can assign to something like... Because I still see a lot of posts about people saying, I want to upgrade my iPhone, but I don't want to lose the home button. Yeah. So, you know, people still struggle with those various gestures to go home and to the app switcher. So... A two-finger swipe left or right are perfect candidates for that. But um, I'm, I don't know what else there is. The other one that I have used is the four, 
finger triple tap, I think, which usually is voiceover help, which, to be honest, I, I don't find very useful anyway. So at most, I think there's probably five gestures that are, I would say, spare that you could well, use there's, to assign there's a lot commands of the, to. A lot of the f- swipes, I think, with, with multiple fingers and also um, quadruple taps as well, I think there's a lot of that. With different, uh, you know, like single finger, quadruple tap. A lot tap. of them are, are taken now, aren't they? Are they? Sing- I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. actually, I don't know. Yeah. I don't dig yeah, into yeah. it enough. I really don't. And it's kind of made me want to dig into it a little bit more because I'd rather learn more gestures. Um, because I'm okay with the gestures. I don't mind that. I mean, I kind of wish... <laughs> this is, you can do, people uh, will pillar me for saying this. But I actually really oh, like some of the... go ahead. I like some of the arrow gestures in Android. Is that wrong? Oh, uh, the I angular gestures. That? Yes. Well, they're being quite like out, aren't they? Yeah, probably. I yeah, always get I, confused I like though, trying to find the uh, like to bring down the notifications. Is it right and then down? I, our recent app. Well, it's changed now. Of course, you, you get new ways of doing it now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I, I, I kind of like it. Though. No, I, I, th- I like the idea because, again, it just adds more capability. And there's no reason why I don't think I, an iPhone couldn't figure that one out. No, I was looking through those um, commands as well. And I would noticed that you can assign shortcuts to gestures as well. So very much. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing because I assigned the um, the new voice chat feature for ChatGPT to the action button on the 15 Pro Max here. Um, but you can do exactly the same thing, assign a shortcut to you know any of those gestures I just mentioned. And it would do exactly the same thing. So, um, yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, see, that's cool. That is pretty cool. I love how you can do that. And the same on the Mac as well, because you can assign shortcuts to voiceover commands. So you could have a specific one for, to run a particular shortcut, whatever it might be. I'm trying to think what the one I set up recently was, but there was one recently I set up for, for some reason. And um, I, just, I just love that kind of thing. I love that kind of capability. It's been interesting watching the debate on... Um, Windows versus Mac in the past couple of weeks. I, I just see so many people who are horrified at changes at Windows. And seeing more people these days saying, you know, I used a Mac and it's actually all right. Uh, and it's funny to see that conversation emerge. I don't feel in any way proud about it because I think, you know, I think there's a lot of faults on both sides. Oh, you're stirring the pot, Stephen, aren't you? Hmm? No, well, there no, are. I, I mean, I, as much as I love, and this is the irritant for me, as much <laughs> as I love my Mac, and I do, and I love my PC, I, I cannot seem to function without two systems. I have. No, I know what you mean. There's, you know there's, what I mean? It's like I can't seem to get away with it. I totally miss about the Mac. Um, the, the, the item picker, for one thing, is absolutely amazing. Oh, best thing in the world. Uh, but there's other things that I just, uh, I still don't like the interaction model. I still, it, it irritates me and confuses me and doesn't seem very consistent. Well, it's funny I, you say I that, right? I had, a, I, had a, I had a PDF, it was the Orbit Writer Guide. I had a PDF I downloaded the other day uh, to to go through the Orbit Writer Guide. And um, I'm with you, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the Interaction Guide, but then I was using it to navigate this PDF. And actually the Interaction Model made it so easy to just sort of almost, almost like a Zoom level approach. So you would have the document then you would have the pages and you'd interact with that. And then you would go into a page and you would navigate the text. You would come out of that and then move to the next page. Makes it was so sense. easy to yeah, move yeah. around. I, in theory, I can see the, the, the use case for it. You know, you, you for quickly navigating around, hey, there's a toolbar, but I don't want to go through every item in that toolbar so I can just mm-hmm. navigate past it. It makes total sense. But in practice... It doesn't seem, it just seems inconsistent. And I seem to get trapped in places and I can't quite. Now, that's 
very, very likely to be just my memory that am I interacting with this? Or have I forgotten that I was? I need to uninteract or whatever it is. And, and there are some windows that are just useless. Some windows yeah, you get yeah. nowhere. You open up an app yeah. and people will say to you, hey, because I had a, there was an app the other day called Copy Clip. I downloaded called uh, a Copy Clip. And it was the whole purpose of it is it's like a a menu bar which is contains all of your last copied items. So anything you control or command C with, you know, copy to your clipboard will just remain in this list. So it's now Windows has got a similar one now, but um, there's nothing really on the Mac equivalent. And I thought, that's brilliant. That's really cool. Yeah, I could just have this list of all my things I've copied last. You could even, and in the app as well, you could even assign like shortcuts to specific clipboard items. You could say, you know, if this is our most used or whatever. I thought, yeah. This is all brilliant. And then I go to use it and I go up to the menu bar, can't find it. Can't find it in the menu bar. It says it's there. Um, it's definitely there. If I uh, use the mouse... To hover above, it will find it, but I can't find it with voiceover at all. And there was no way to act. And when I did finally, eventually did show up, I couldn't action it. VO space didn't open it. Enter didn't open it. It was just a drop down that must have been built in a way that that was almost an app in itself. So it just was useless. And I thought, that's such a shame because that was a great little app, but it didn't work. Did not work at all. Such a shame. I know. You were shouting. I, I know you didn't say it's such a shame. You were. I said many things <laughs> that included the letter S um, and other letters of the alphabet were used. Uh, Janine's got in touch. This email is a huge thank you to Sean and his Sean of the Shed podcast. I'm taking Salesforce admin training, and though initially things were going well using the Mac, once I got into building things, I learned that accessibility for the Mac is far behind that for Windows. I should have known when VoiceOver was not even mentioned when giving instructions for screen readers. This meant I had to enter my husband's man cave. My nephew once called it a mad scientist lab. There's everything but a Bunsen burner down there, and he's probably got one of those too. There are lots of computer carcasses down there. He's got one going for me with Windows 10. It was still running Window Eyes, so of course that had to be fixed. I got Narrator running and got the download of NVDA and was stumped. Now, in my last job, I used NVDA every day and went back to my Mac for personal stuff. Do you think I could remember anything? Of course not. The last time I touched a Windows machine was four and a half years ago. Then I recalled that Sean had done some great intro episodes about using each of the Windows screen readers. Off I went to subscribe to the podcast, which I thought I'd done once, but apparently not. No worries. One cruise through the back episodes and voila. By the way, Sean, now I am going around my house singing MVDA and making the shapes with my arms. For those who don't know, (laughs) Sean couldn't resist some village people karaoke. Next, he'll be doing sweating to the oldies videos. Anyway, his instructions from setup to basic functions got me back on track and saved my rather expensive training. I may want to invest in a Lenovo laptop for future Windows work, but for now, I'm good. The only bad part is that my dear spouse has a DAAS keyboard connected to this computer. He wants it back. No! He claims it's old and some keys stick. Sure, right. Again, for those not into clickety keyboards... DAAS makes the very best one by far. It's heavy and snappy and reminds me of the old IBM PS2 keyboards many of us old people learned on. Thanks, Sean. Stay tuned to next week's episode. Will Kent get his keyboard back? Will Janine pull a muscle dancing? Will her cat forgive her singing? There's only one yes answer in that group. Janine, hashtag friend of the shed. Oh, thank you so much, Janine, and I'm glad it helped. It was just the basics because there's just so much to dive into and... Trying to do a, a uh, an introduction 
to something like that is tricky, but I think I covered enough to get people started. So thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks, Janine. Uh, Frank's also got in touch with uh, an interesting question. Again, this ties in nicely to my weekend. Over the last week, I've noticed that my Outlook.com is prompting me to try the new version. I already have enough problems with the version I currently have, and I'm hesitant to try a new one. My question is, how accessible is the new version of Outlook in Windows 365? And is there another email client that is accessible with MVDA without having to change my email address? Frank. Mm. Uh, Frank, I can answer this for you. Don't do it. Whatever you do, do not go near it. it is, is it that bad? Honestly, it is the worst. So oh. you know everything you know everything that was good about Outlook? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well there was always something, right? At least, you know, navigation yeah, was fairly was, simple. It was great. Outlook Express, Express was great. Um but yeah, but aside that yeah, you could F6 around the screen. You could move between your, you know, your list and your 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 uh, side table and your your message list and all that. And it was nice and simple to use and everything was great. Well, with the new version, ah, it's all gone. And navigation is now web-based, Frank. Web-based. They basically, they have literally taken Outlook.com and turned it into a web app. And um, that's it. I don't know what is going on over there. But okay, they, well, 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 they have well, ruined it for us. Okay, wait. Now, I saw a post recently somewhere saying the same thing about Gmail and how they're ending the HTML version of their uh, Mail uh, website and it's just using the native version, which is exactly the same thing. So it's using, like you do on Twitter.com or um, Facebook, where you've got the um, its own shortcut key yeah, commands. Yeah. So it works the same as that. So isn't this just a case of we don't like change? It's perfectly usable, but mm. we've got to get used to it. Is, is this the problem here, Stephen? Devil's okay, advocate. So, well, okay. Accessible, yes. Usable. Look, you've got to think about how people use these things, right? I can fly, fly through my Outlook inbox, getting emails done, reply, send, archive, do what I do on my Outlook every single day. I can fly through and get that done. If I was to try and do that on this new Outlook.com, it would probably triple the amount of time it took <laughs> to get these things done. So that. yes, accessibly, yes, you can do it. But you know, bear in mind that you know you don't have the option of, so for example, when you open an email, it doesn't open a new window anymore. It stays within the same window. So you have to navigate back to that particular region. You've got to find that particular piece of text. You know, if you want to go back, you have to then find that button to get back and then navigate back to the tree view, navigate into the message list. And you. all of this is not as simple as you might think because, you know, you don't have those regions the way it was set up before. And yes, you may have shortcuts, and I'm sure there'll be shortcuts to make you do it. But basically, you have to relearn how to use Outlook as a blind person. And that's, for me, just, I'm not, I'm not for that i'm just not for that at the moment i think there was totally, nothing wrong with the way it worked i totally get that but you know then that nothing ever changes uh, does it add anything i know you, you look you're gonna say absolutely not at the minute but well, i'm sure it does visually perhaps maybe it's well, maybe it's lighter maybe it's easier service. to navigate maybe it works better i don't know but i think that you know if 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 i am feeling like suddenly i've gone from you know, walking briskly to navigating through treacle. Are we still talking about Outlook here? Have you used yes. Outlook lately? Is uh, uh, No, I, I know it's not perfect. I know it's not wonderful. And I know the challenges. And there's a strange irony in this, that 
the Mac version of Outlook, the new version. So when you go into Outlook, uh, if you haven't updated it recently, uh, there is an option, that the, the same button actually that appears in the Outlook on the PC. It will say, try the new Outlook. And if you move to the new Outlook on the Mac, it is way more accessible than the old version ever was. The old version was, was pretty much useless. It wasn't great at all. The new version, much better. You can just, you, you don't even have to use like an F6 command. You just shift tab. You shift tab into your tree view, your arrow. You can single key Get to you. a specific folder. You can then tab straight back into the message list, arrow up and down, send your messages using all the commands you're used to. Way more accessible. I never thought I'd say the day that I, I would be enjoying Outlook more on a Mac <laughs> than on a PC from an accessibility point of view. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, listen, I, as I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because it, it does seem it's almost like a paradigm shift of, of we're so used to using our screen readers to jump to certain landmarks, for example, buttons, areas, containers, whatever it may be, um, that moving away from that is really unsettling, unnerving, frustrating for the and longest that's why, time. And that's why I'm saying to Frank, don't do it, because yeah, it's, oh, not, no, absolutely. it's not that, that I'm suggesting that it's it's going to be terrible forever. I don't think for a second that Microsoft haven't considered accessibility in this. But no, again, but it's, it's, just it's usability, right? Yeah. It's usability. Now, I hope I'm proved wrong, and I will continue to play with it because I think it might be worth trying to get to know it and understand the shortcuts because it may not be as challenging as I first thought, but there's that initial, oh, my God, this has all changed, and I can't find any emails anymore. Yeah, And if absolutely. I do find my email list, it feels like I won the lottery and then lost the ticket. <laughs> yes, and you end up stuck somewhere. Yeah. But see, the, the, the worrying thing for me, I mentioned Gmail earlier on, right? And these, these, what's the what's the term I'm scrabbling for? The website keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, that's another name for it. But yeah, but that's basically it. Yeah. Are they uniform across the board? Like uh, when I moved to Outlook, I was struggling along that so verbose to what I was using just Windows Mail before. Um, but I knew that, you know, Control-R was going to be replied. Control-N yes. was going to be new email. Now, is that going to be the same across Gmail uh, using a web app? Is that going to be the same across Outlook? Well, wouldn't we got... Control-N bring up a new window? What, whatever. Like a new browser window, right? No, like no, it... no. What, a new email. So it's to compose no, I know, a but new I'm saying email. If, you were in, if you're using Gmail, I mean, oh, I don't yeah, know. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. The command is, is the same for... In Edge, for example, it would be a new window, right? Yeah, or, bring up a yes, exactly right. Because so a lot of the, cause all the old commands that I would use on on Outlook, you know, the Control G for go today or you know, in, in calendar view, or whatever. Although, don't ask me, I never got near the calendar. Uh, <laughs> barely find my email. Um, but you know, all those commands didn't seem to work. You know, nothing seemed to work. So I thought, okay, it's changed. Everything's changed here. So I'm yes. going to relearn all this, and that's the bit that irritates me because I feel. There's been a shift, and I don't quite know why. And is, plus, it, is it just easier to create web apps than it is to actually create well, applications these days? Maybe that's, that's why the it's still doing it this way. You need to put your screen reader in pass-through mode as well to, in <sighs> order to pass those keystrokes through to the website. Otherwise, it, it, it doesn't work. And does you know, like for Twitter.com, for example, that J, what was it, J and L to go backwards yeah, yeah, and yeah. forwards through your timeline? Okay, yeah. Would that be the same for your email list, for example? Where is the consistency is the only thing I worry about. I'm fine with learning new commands, but what, are they going to be consistent across the board? I don't know yet. Of course, there is always that control question mark or command question mark to get a list of the keyboard shortcuts on most of these sites. That does seem to be 
a consistent command. But does it change because it's not because it's not a, a, an app, right? It, well, it's not a website; it's an app. Well, this is the bit that confuses me. It's a website in an app. It is form, but but they're selling it as an app. So is that I, different? Well, you know what? I haven't used this, so honestly, I have no idea. But I will take a look. I think. I mean, it, it's not like you. If you switch over, do you lose your, let's say, Outlook Classic? No, no, you don't. And you can go back at any time. You can right. always go back, uh, which is, is good. So you can certainly get back. I mean, interestingly, Teams has updated recently, and there's a new version of it. And I didn't really notice much difference. I did notice a bit more speedy. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't misbehave or hang as much as Teams used to. So they've clearly done some work there. But I don't think they've followed that web approach with it. There's a real inconsistency within Microsoft applications now. And, you know, of course, it's going to get even more confusing because there's going to be this Outlook replacing Mail and Calendar. So Mail and Calendar will be merged into Outlook, which is not... And this is what happened with Teams, right? There's like a Teams version of Teams for home use, for personal use. And that's been around for a while. And, you know, when you get your new computer and you open it up and you start using it, you think, oh, I'll just sign into my work yes. account or whatever yeah. on Teams. And then it says, oh, you can't use this app because you need the worker school Teams. And you're like, what? I know. I would open a, a Teams link that someone would send me and it would say, oh, do you want to install it? Think, yes, exactly. already, I know exactly. I've already got it installed. What are you talking about? It's confusing. Yeah, you're right. It's the consistency that I worry about. And it does seem, are we taking a step backwards here? I'm thinking about even going through the Windows Settings app, if you want to call it that. You know, this new um, expand and collapse, more settings... It just seems harder to navigate to me, and I'm not sure if it's a step in the right direction. But um, hey, we would say, do not switch over yet, Frank. Definitely, do not do it. And listen, you know, we're all we're all about balance here on Double oh, Tap. Okay. So let's let's hear from Grumpy John because he uh, that's his own name, uh, Grumpy John, who wants to tell <laughs> us about bugs in macOS Sonoma. It's not always rosy on the other side. Hello, either. Double Tap Zombies. Stephen, you asked about <laughs> if anyone was experiencing issues with macOS Sonoma. I almost resisted writing in about it, but no, I don't have the willpower. I should have known better and almost resisted, but after a week of getting frustrated with the bugs in Ventura, I read the AppleViz page and it seemed, okay, so I thought, it can't be any worse, can it? But yes, of course it can. (laughs) With voiceover being so customisable, it seems that everyone has potentially very different experiences, but for me personally, Mm -hmm. Sonoma has been nothing short of a disaster. I always think of using the Mac as death by 1,000 cuts. It just likes to frustrate and annoy at every turn, and Sonoma just adds to that. Overall, it feels like focus is just a little looser and more random than before. A few specific things I've found. VO plus J has changed behaviour and is now no longer useful. I think it now navigates to some sort of web landmarks as it shoots focus around all over the place in many apps. Navigating by headings no longer reads out the text of the heading if the heading contains any HTML elements. So quite often Mm -hmm. you just hear the number of child elements in the heading and not the heading itself. VoiceOver has even more problems with punctuation. Turn on speaking punctuation and it will consistently read the same thing twice and give you confusing information about where the text cursor is. Coding like this is just horrible. VoiceOver has problems with quotation marks. If you try to change the Siri wake word, for example, you can't because VoiceOver doesn't read the options out unless you are using an American voice. As soon as you switch to an activity, it switches back as soon as you navigate with the VO keys or if focus changes. Other little focus bugs I found a lot when coding, like moving up and down the page of code to read what it says 
seem to have been significantly amplified since updating. I'm having to restart voiceover to fix this every couple of minutes. There are a lot of other little issues, which is making my job incredibly difficult and even more annoying than before. Also, a website I depend on is now doing Safari not responding and won't load, although this also happens in Ventura. The only bug fix I've come across is that logging in is a little less annoying than before. Sure, I have to listen to Daniel blather on and sure the Mac only occasionally manages to put the focus on the password field, but at least it doesn't need to be restarted every time. And the only two good new features I found are the web apps thing, which does work quite well, and the improvements to the ping voiceover can make for indentation. But that's about it. Anyway, now I know why blind users are so cagey about updating mainstream software. So there you go. Uh, just some of uh, Grumpy John's comments. And I can see why you're Grumpy John. I totally get it. it is, uh, <laughs> there are so many things in there. I wish we'd more time to talk about it because you know what? It isn't always rosy on the other side either. I uh, recognise a lot of those issues. And some of the fixes are just nonsensical. Uh, that's it for today. I feel this conversation will continue on and on as it does. Double Tap is back tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.